for your sweet spirit, your presence that we feel here today, God. It's evident, Lord, that your presence is here with us today, God. We're always blown away and thankful, God, when you take time, Lord, to meet with us, and to bless us, God. Father, to show us the things that you want us to see. God, we're thankful for that today. I was just speaking this past week with somebody, God, and again, it just it's just not, I can't fathom, God, how the God of this universe, as big and as great and as vast as you are, that you take time, God, to come down and spend it individually with each one of us, to talk with us and to hold our hands and to comfort us and to love us. Just so thankful, Lord, for your love and your compassion. Father, so thankful for your passion that you have for your children. God, thank you so much for that. And Lord, we just pray that your sweet spirit would continue, Lord, to grace us in this place tonight, Lord, as we have the privilege of looking into your word. And it is a privilege that we have to freely come and to sit and listen and be fed, God, by you and your presence. Thank you so much for that. Father, we're blessed and thankful, Lord, for all of our leaders that will be going back today, God, to, to do something that's very special, and that's to teach your children, God, your young people, Lord, in the way that they should go according to your word, that when they're old, they won't depart from that. Thank you so much for them, their labor of love, their dedication, sacrifice to do so. And thank you, God, for these young people that are part of our church so precious God thank you Lord for their drive and their determination God to come when they could be do other, doing other things but they're here and God we thank you for that Lord and Father we thank you once again as we said God for everybody that's here tonight that took the time to come out on a Wednesday afternoon and to pay respect and give honor to the God who started it all who is all and who will end it all. God, we love you today. May you be blessed and honored and glorified today, God. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. We'll dismiss our children and our young people and their teachers. And If you have your Bible want to go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 23 with me tonight, we're going to look at a story that's only told in the Gospel of Luke. Surprisingly, it's only spoken of in the Gospel of Luke. Interesting that Luke wasn't even there. <laughs> if he was, he was from a distance, but he's not mentioned as being in the vicinity of where this took place. So he heard it from some of those that were there, and God told him to write it. Or he was from a distance, a safe distance in his mind, and was able to hear and see the events that took place here in Luke 23. The title of this message is Introducing Jesus. Introducing Jesus. I have a video I want you to watch tonight. Now this may not be the way that you would do it. I don't know if it's the way I would do it, but I love the way Steve did it. I've used this before. But Introducing Jesus. Let's take a look at it. If I had the pleasure of bringing out Christ, this is just how it ain't got to be the way you do it. You might not think it's just right, but this is how I would do it. Ladies and gentlemen, 
It is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. Yep. Come on. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He has out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. Yeah. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, Amen. beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the prince of peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the world. Amen. 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 We need to do some of that. Amen. We've lost that a little bit. Amen. In this world. Uh, we can stand up and talk about everybody else and describe these great artists and great musicians and great uh, actors and all these folks that never done anything for us, amen? But you, we, don't, we don't take the time to introduce Jesus. Amen. What if we introduced Jesus that way to everybody we met, yes. amen? What if we did that? Wouldn't it be awesome? Yes. Introducing Jesus. I'm going to talk to you about that here today just a second. In, in John's Gospel chapter, I'm sorry, Luke's Gospel chapter 23, you'll find this story as you find it here, put your finger on verse 32. We'll start there. I have folks say to me all the time, and I've heard it said, you've heard it said, when you talk to them and you're trying to introduce them to Jesus, they say, well, I'll just wait until the last minute. I'm going to live like I want to live now, and I'm going to wait till the last minute to be saved. And here's what they say. Everybody wants a reference to the thief on the cross. Amen? Just like the thief on the cross... He had, in the last minute of his life, Jesus forgave him of his sins, and you are 110% accurate. But I want to say to you today, he didn't wait until the last minute of his life. He waited until he was introduced to the King of Kings. Amen. He waited until he was introduced to Jesus Christ. Amen? I want you to get this picture. Two thieves, the Bible says, hanging on one to the left of Jesus, one to the right of Jesus. And all the crowd that day, as Jesus began to walk up the Via Della Rosa, 
And he made his way into the, where the garden tomb was. And he began to take that, those steps up Calvary. Amen? And as he began to walk up Calvary, these two guys could hear the cheering and the sounds of the crowd. Some of them cheering for Jesus. Most of them cheering against Jesus. Nonetheless, they could hear the cheering. And it got their attention. As he began to get a little bit closer and he turned the corner, I can imagine these two guys, as they began to try to look and see what was going on, they seen the top of his head and the crown that sat on top of his head. Amen. They began to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords coming. Amen. Isn't that an awesome sight? Just an awesome sight. Even though he was beat the way he was, they had to, they had to be in great awe of watching this guy come. And he had the attention of the entire world upon him. This had to be somebody great. Amen. Because these two old boys, as they began to walk up there, I don't think they had the same, the same kind of crowd, the same kind of things taking place as they walked up there. Amen. But Jesus had everybody's attention. And as they got a little bit closer, they could see him. As he got closer to him, can't you imagine? Their hearts began to race as they hear people saying, this is the king of the Jews. Amen. This is the king of the Jews. Now, some of them saying he's not the king of the Jews. Some of them saying he is the king of the Jews. But all I know is that what was written above his, what was going to be put above his head said, Jesus Christ, king of the Jews. Amen. Here he was coming, this great king that everybody had heard about. Some of them seen, some of them heard about around these two guys, I don't know, maybe they saw some of the things that Jesus did in his time while he was around the area. As I said to you, Jesus was known abroad. You couldn't have been in Jerusalem during that time and not have known who Jesus was. You can't grow up in the world you and I live today and not know who Jesus was and is. Amen? There's no way. You can't grow up in America for sure and not know who Jesus is. Amen? I think all of us have heard of how great this king is. We've heard people talk about the miraculous things that he did in their lives, right? You see the joy in their faces, but yet it doesn't move us sometimes. Amen. Two people, one moved, one not moved. Yeah. They began to think about those things. They heard about how he was the son of God. Didn't move the hearts of all those people. Some of it did. The one thief it did, the other one it didn't. Even you and I here today, when we talk about the love and the compassion of Jesus, it moves some people's hearts, but so many people's hearts it never even touches Amen? When you think about the fact that he gave his life and he was going to give his life, these two guys had probably heard his disciples had been talking about the fact that Jesus was going to die and he was going to give his life and on the third day he was going to raise again. A lot of those folks were there that day just to see if Jesus truly was going to die and if he was going to raise on the third day. Amen? So these guys had to be thinking, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy that we've been told about. Here he comes. Here he comes, right? And all of us are the same way. We've been told about it for years. Oh, this is the man, right? This is the guy that I've been told about all my life that can help me with my problems, right? And here he comes. He's coming, right? You sit in church services and you begin to feel the presence of God move in church services. You can feel him coming, but so many people just aren't moved. Is that right? Jesus began to get a little bit closer to these guys. Can you imagine what happened when Jesus got so close to them that he could look right into their eyes? Oh, preacher, I don't know if he did or not. I promise you Jesus looked at them. Amen? Amen. Because they belonged to him. Yes. Amen? And he didn't want them going through what they were going through. No way. Although they were wrong, this is Jesus' compassion. Right? He was dying for that very reason that they would not have to suffer. Amen? And certainly not have to suffer in eternal hell as soon as their life was ended here in just a matter of a few hours. Can you imagine how they felt? What an introduction. What an introduction. 
Here's what I tell people. If you've ever been introduced to Jesus Christ properly, and you've ever had him turn his face towards you and look into your eyes, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. It's hard to turn away from Jesus when he looks at you right eyeball to eyeball. But there's some people that do. We've read about them in the Bible. One of them here, just a few minutes, you're going to see did that very thing, and the other one did not. One of them heeded to Jesus, the other one did not. How can you do that? When you're introduced to this man, think about it. This is the guy, this Jesus, is the fellow that said to Lazarus, get up. Amen? And he stood to his feet after being dead how many days? How many days? Four days he laid in that tomb. This is the man that showed up at the wedding party and everything was going south and they said, help us. And Jesus turned the water into wine. We know that happened. How can we not believe who he is? This is the same man that reached down and grabbed some mud and some spit and stuck it on a guy's eyes and told him to open his eyes and tell me what he saw. Is that right? Healed him from blindness. This is the same guy that when they let this friend down from the roof who was impotent and could not walk, that Jesus said to him, take up your bed and what? Walk. And he did. This is the same man that walked out to the pool of Bethesda and said to the man that had been laying there with an infirmity for 37 years and said to him what? Walk. Amen. He said, will you be made whole? And he healed him. This is the same guy that you and I have heard of all of our lives that prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and asked God to remove this, this thing that was coming his way. Maybe there's a better plan, but he said, nevertheless, God, your will be done. And with courage and with authority and with integrity, he faced the cross for you and I and died for our sins. It's the same guy that I said to you that they put in the tomb and he rose on the third day and he was seen for 40 days around Israel and around Jerusalem talking to his apostles. 40 days. It's the same guy. Is that right? This is the same guy that if you go into Jerusalem today, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in Christ being the Son of God or not, you will find that there is history that Jesus done these things. Okay? They couldn't hide it. You could deny him all you want to, but you can't deny the fact that he did it. Amen? We can deny Jesus all day long. Scientists can tell you that it can't be possible. People will say they stole his body. We can say whatever we want to say, but the fact is, he is not in the tomb. And they ain't never been able to find his body nor his bones. Amen. Same guy. Amen. Amen? So whatever you want to say, it's the, same, it's the same guy right here. This is the same guy right here that was walking outside of this city. And there was a lady coming who had just lost her husband. The city was called Nain. And her son had just died. And they bumped into Jesus. Literally. Jesus stuck his hand out, touched the buyer that was carrying the body, stopped him, and told that little fellow to get up. And he did. Same guy. Amen? This is the same guy that walked out onto the Sea of Galilee, right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, said to a bunch of fishermen who hadn't caught anything all night long, 
and said, cast your nets on the right-hand side. And they did. And they filled the nets so full that they had to have other vessels come and help them get it in. Same guy. This is the same guy that Steve Harvey just mentioned, fed 5,000 people, two fish, five loaves of bread. He, I wish he went a little bit further because there was some stuff left over. Amen? See, this is the same guy that don't just meet your needs. He meets your needs, and he'll make you whole. Amen? If you let him. It's the same guy. It's the same guy right here. See, he met their needs, and then he said, Oh, I have some left to send with you on your journey. Amen? See, Jesus don't just touch you right now so you can walk out of church and I can walk out of church and say, Whoo, I've been blessed by God. He does that. That's awesome. But he blesses us abundantly, the Bible says. That's what that story is about. We get all hung up in the fact of the miracle, and that's wonderful. But he gave them what they needed, Brother Joel. But then he gave them and packed them a lunch and said, My grace is sufficient. Amen? My grace is sufficient. That's the same guy. Same dude right here. We've heard about him all our lives. Right? You can just about hear the crowd cheering, right? Just like these two guys could heard about him. All this time, this same Jesus. I can't imagine that at least the one guy that accepted Christ had to be remembering some of these things. See, when you find yourself in a tough situation, like I said, it's easy for us to talk about how our situation, what we would do in that situation, but when you're in the situation, it changes things. I gotta imagine this old boy was probably thinking, there's gotta be some hope somewhere. Here comes hope right in front of him. Right? All of a sudden, hope shows up. Is that right? And he, he begins to look at him and he thinks, I, I can't recognize him, but it's got to be Jesus because all these people around. Right? Look at what's happening. And he remembered wherever Jesus was, there was multitudes of people. Right? Everywhere Jesus was, there was a crowd from his birth to his death. Always. Jesus had to get away. He had to go up in the mountains. He had to send the apostles away and the people away just so he could get by himself to talk to his father. That's how... That's how Popular Jesus was and is. Amen? This is, this is the Son of God. This is the dude right here. This is the promised Messiah that the children of Israel heard about all their lives in the Old Testament. This is the guy that they've heard about that would, that would be the one, right, that would be the king that would take them to their former glory and beyond as David did, but beyond. Amen? This is the one. This is the guy they were praying about. God, send us your son. And here he is in the flesh. We've all heard about him. Is that right? This is the same guy that healed you when you were sick. He hadn't changed. Same guy. I've been healed by Jesus. Same guy. I've watched him heal people that I was praying for right before my eyes. Same Jesus. This is the same Jesus that brought food to your house when you didn't have any. Same guy. This is the dude right here, right, that provided the job for you when you didn't have one. This is the same guy that provided a place for you to stay when you didn't have one. The same Jesus, right, that helped you when you were grieving and you didn't think you could go on. Same Jesus that sticks closer to the brother, the Bible says. <laughs> you with me? I want to introduce you to Jesus. Do you know who he is? Jesus is awesome. He's awesome. And I want us to understand here today that it's not about a God of last seconds. It's a God of introductions. There's a difference between conviction and introduction. Conviction is simply 
an invitation. So there's a lot of people. You say, well, preacher, yeah, but there's a lot of people been introduced to Jesus. I want to I I say it this way. There's a lot of people that have been, that have been, have received an invitation to come and meet the Son of God. Amen? See, the invitation is the conviction. There's a lot of folks that get conviction and get letters while they're sitting in church. There's a lot of folks that get letters from God that says, come, come. I want to introduce you to my son. Amen? That's the conviction that happens through the Holy Ghost that says, come. The introduction comes later. Amen? Here's where we're at today. There were two men hanging on a cross. I'm sure in their lifetime they got letters from God. Conviction. Invitation. Come, come, come. Especially when Jesus was around them. Come and see Jesus, right? But there was an introduction about to take place. When you and I received conviction, we received the letter, we had a choice. Is that right? Whether to accept this king that we know of, that we've heard of, that we've saw things, or reject him. But the the introduction was going to happen either way. Here comes Jesus, right? They laid Jesus down, and I can imagine the two old boys looking down at him. And Jesus just lays his hands there and his feet there. They nail him to it. Never says a word, the Bible says. They lift him up before him. And I got to imagine they're thinking, hmm, amen. I wonder if this is really Jesus. Let me tell you what they were hearing. If you are the Son of God, let's see you save yourself and come down off that cross. That's what the Bible says. They were saying, railing, I think the King James says, some of them at Jesus. They were mocking Jesus as being the king of the Jews. If you are God, prove it. Isn't that right? So these guys were hearing all those things. Oh, he, he saved that guy. He healed that guy. He delivered that guy. Let's see if he'll do it for himself. That's what they were saying. And these two old boys up here taking all this in, right? Because they're in the same situation he's in. I got to imagine if it had been me hanging out, I'd have been thinking, I sure hope this is Jesus. I sure hope this is the guy. I sure hope this is the guy that I've heard about all my life. I sure hope this is the fellow that I've heard about while I was walking around Jerusalem stealing like I'm doing things I know I shouldn't have done. These were thieves, robbers. I got to imagine at least one of them was thinking just that, just like I would be thinking. Like a lot of us have thought sometimes when we came into church, right? You come in, you got a burden sitting on your heart. You got a need. You got something that you need from God. And what do we do? I'm sure we're all sitting back there thinking, I sure hope that this Jesus guy that I've heard about all my life is real. I sure hope that if I go up there that God's going to meet my need. I sure hope, right? I sure hope. And, and we, get, we get that invitation to come, and then we go, right? And we want to be introduced to Jesus. But it takes a perfect heart. It takes a strong heart. It takes a heart that, is, that has true remorse for where they are and understanding that their demise is at hand. And that they are, you and I need to understand that we are just, right, we're not, we're not um, what's the word? We don't have the ability to deliver ourselves, especially when you're in that situation. They had no ability, right? At this point, it was all taken away. At this point, it was out of their control. And there's times in our lives, God, when, guys, when we have no control, 
when you get in that situation in your life and you know that you can't do anything, you know you can't get a loan to help you, you know that you can't see any other doctors because you've seen them all, you know there's no other way out. This is unfortunately when people want to turn to Jesus at the last minute. Amen? At the last minute. But I want to remind us today of a couple of scriptures. And I'm doing this because I want you to understand Jesus loves you. Right? He don't want you to have a, a, a Calvary or a cross moment. Amen? Before you turn to Him. The last second. He's, he is a God of second chances. He is a God of third chances. He is a God of 25,000 chances. I don't know how many chances He'll give you. He is a God of the last minute. He is. But He's a God that wants us to give a heart to Him and serve Him for all of our lives, not the last second of your life. Amen? He died for your entire life, not the last second of your life. Amen? Let me remind you of this. The Bible teaches us that we should not tempt the Lord thy God. Is that right? What if one of these old boys, the other guy that didn't, did, did, did not accept Christ, what if his whole time... He had the invitation of the letter to come to visit Jesus, and he just kept saying, well, I'll just wait till the last second, and I'll ask him to forgive me. The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not, to him it is a sin. So if I know I need to find Jesus now, and I need to, I need to get to know this Jesus that we all have heard about, and I don't, and I wait to the last second, I don't know. I don't know that you're going to have that last second moment with Jesus when you knew to do it and you chose not to because we just tempted God and that's against His Word. I'm not saying that it won't be. I'm just saying you need to think about it. Jesus also said, Seek me while I may be found. As exciting as that moment was for one of those thieves when he said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. It was also a very exciting moment for Jesus because he saw somebody that believed in him but I got to imagine it was a little bit sad, too, as Jesus looked at him and thought, it took this. You ever thought about it? It took this? I, I've been there before. I've been in a moment in my life where God was calling me, and he was so sweetly calling me. Nothing happened bad in my life. Nothing went wrong. He was calling me, and I just kept denying it. And he had to almost take my life for me to turn my heart back to him. I've got to imagine Jesus had to be thinking, I'm so glad you're home, son, but Really? Right? I mean, it took me almost having to take your life for you to turn around and look at me. You with me? So as exciting as that moment was on the cross for Jesus to look over and say, Oh, praise God. Somebody believes, even in this tough situation, somebody. Look at all these people out here not believing. At least this guy believed. Right? It had to be exciting to him, but it also had to be very sad that it took that to get him to do it. Can you imagine what God would have done in that young man's life had he accepted Christ prior to that one last second? Can you imagine? Have you ever thought about that? Think about that as, we think, as we're looking at being introduced to Jesus. When the introduction comes, what would have happened? Those of you that, that ran from Christ for a long time like I did, what would have happened had I gave my heart to Jesus before I was 21 years old? I was 21 when I accepted Christ. What would have happened if I'd have done it before then? All those years that I wasted, I cannot get back. Pray to you, it was God's will. I understand that. But I think it was also God's will for me to accept Him the first time. Right? I really do. What would have happened had I gave my heart to Jesus then instead of waiting? I wonder if that thief thought, wow, 
As he looked at Jesus, he had to see beyond the beating and the ugliness and, and see the salvation of the Lord and see how beautiful Jesus was. And I got to imagine if it had been me, I'd have been so relieved to hear Jesus say, Assuredly. Amen? Assuredly. That's a wonderful word to hear Jesus say. <laughs> Assuredly. Right? Yes, today you will be with me in paradise. What a relief that had to be to him. My next thought would have been, gosh, what was I waiting on? You ever said that to yourself? When I got saved at the age of 21, I asked myself that same question. What in the world was I waiting on? I mean, what was holding me back? I had the invitation given to me multiple times as I sat in church and I held on to the pews. If Hurricane Hugo would have come by, the pew would have still been in my hands. I'm just telling you the truth. There was such conviction and such a passionate call by God. You ever been there? That's how much He loves you and I because He wants to introduce us to His Son, which is the way to heaven, the way to deliverance. I'm holding on over there. I'm holding on to the, the world and all these other things. And all Jesus is, all God's trying to do is introduce me to His Son. That's it, right? Sometimes we think to ourselves as we're sitting there that Jesus is some great, big, awesome thing and He's so mean and He's going to, oh my gosh, and I don't have to deal with Him. And I don't even know what to say yet. I didn't even go to school to learn how to talk Christian. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say. I don't know when the these and thou's are supposed to be in there. I, don't, I just don't know. Right? We get all those thoughts in there and we just kind of hang on. And I don't know what we're hanging on for, right? but we're hanging. And all God's trying to do is introduce us to Jesus. When those preachers stand in front of you guys over the years and those Sunday school teachers and, and small group teachers and, 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 and friends of yours and family tell you about the goodness of God and the things that God's done, right? They're trying to introduce you to Jesus. That's all it's about. All we're doing, guys, is trying to introduce people to this Jesus, how awesome he is. I think about Steve Harvey there and as exciting as he said it right there and as powerful as that was, and it was true. Right? All the things he said is what Jesus did. Right? And when you, when you and I talk to people about the Lord like that, that's what we're trying to do. We're just simply trying to introduce them to Jesus. Right? And all Jesus wants to do is bless us. There's a lot of things in this world that want to take from you. There's a lot of things in this world that want to beat you down. There's a lot of people in this world and things in this world that all they want to do is use you as a stepping stone to get to the next level in their lives. Right? They don't care about you and I. But Jesus didn't do that. Amen? He did not. He put himself down there that you and I could step on him and make sure that we are, are, that we are lifted to glory. Amen? That's what he did. He, that's who he is. Amen? You with me? That's Jesus. He's really just a precious, precious God who all he wants to do is love on us and change our lives. That's it. He's not going to make you stand up and embarrass you, none of those things, right? Jesus just loves you just like you are, and He wants to change your heart. That's it. That's all He wants to do this day. And as they hung Him on that cross, He never said a word. His life spoke for itself. This is how you know. This is how you know these guys knew who He was. But one of them looked at Him and said, oh, just like the rest of the world. If, he says who he, if He's who He says He is, won't He get us off His cross, Right? I just want to throat punch some people when they say that stuff to me. Don't y'all? Well, if he's Jesus, why did he let them planes fly into the World Trade Center? 
Is that right? Well, if he's God, then why did he let this person, this bad thing happen to this person? If he's God, why did that bad thing happen to that person? Come on, guys. Let me tell you why those things happen, because we live in a fallen, sinful world. Yes, God can stop them, but you reap what we sow. Amen? We might not have done it, but we came from the dude and the lady that did do it. And Jesus came that we might be, that we might be forgiven and restored back to our Father. But we got we to gotta endure to the end, as the book of Revelation says, to make sure we get there. Jesus said, just because, just because you're Christians don't mean you're not going to be persecuted. He said, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. We know that's coming. Amen? Because of the world we live in. Let me just tell you this. I always want to say back to people, yep, they, they flew them planes into the World Trade Center, but there was a lot of people that made it out of that place. God was with them that never went to work that day. They all of a sudden woke up one morning and their coffee made them sick. Never made it. Traffic jam. that Never had a traffic jam in that area before. Never made it. Place, one, one particular building collapsed completely. And I remember watching on the news. And there was a guy trapped in, the, in one of the stairwells and he was somewhere around the 70th to 80th floor. The whole building collapsed around him, but that little stairwell was still intact. And guess who was inside the little stairwell? The dude. Pulled him right out of there, living today. Where was God? Right there with those folks. You ever heard anybody say, nobody, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die today? God's got a timetable for all of us. Sometime, some of them are leaving when planes run into buildings. Some of them do it when the car wrecks. Some people do it when they have a massive heart attack. Some people do it because of whatever, whatever, whatever. But guys, we're all going to leave this world. And we're all going to stand before God one day. And whether we know this Jesus or not is what's going to matter. I think it would be better for us. I think it would have been better for the thief that railed on Jesus. I think it would be better for us to try to see the good that Jesus is trying to do for us and that he has done for us rather than trying to condemn him for what we think he didn't do. Let me just say this right here. I want to introduce you to this one thought. Jesus didn't know us anything. His father said, this is what you're going to do or this is going to happen. Man did wrong, and the wages of sin is death. God is justified. Done. But he loves us so much that he said to his son, Will you go? Are you with me? Will you go? I used this story the other day, and I, wanna, I just want to use it one more time here. And I've used it many times. Some of you have these in your pocket. Some of you do not, but I'm going I'm to pull this out. And some of you heard me say this before, but it's relevant. This is kind of how I see it. He don't owe us anything, but he loves us so much that he did it, and he accepted it because he loves us. He don't owe us anything. Look, this is the cross that Jesus bore for us, right? We all know this. We've been told this story all of our lives. This is the same guy that hung on that cross I'm talking to you about. Amen? It really happened. History proves it whether you believe in God or not. Jesus hung on a cross, that's fact. So he didn't owe us anything, but he chose to step down here and do it for us. God looked at his son, and he just simply said to him, these guys aren't going to make it. They're just not going to be able to do it under the law. You know the story. They're failing miserably. 
I've tried my best to show them and help them, but they keep just messing up. And i got to believe with everything that's in my heart that he just grieved God, that he had to continuously punish his children, knowing that the end of the way for them was an eternal hell if they did not follow his law. So he looked at his son and he said, Son, you know you got to go. You know the way that you got to go. And I'm just, I'm going to hand you this because this is what you got to do, right? I can see God looking at his son and he just handed it to him and said, that burden lies on you. Will you go? Will you go? Now I want you to, I want you to envision this. He went because God told him to. He gave up heaven for you and I. Jesus willingly gave up heaven for us and laid his life down for us. His father handed him that cross and said, you know, you and I know that this is the only way that it's going to be right. Amen? Jesus reached out like Noel did and he gladly pulled that cross out of his father's hand and he said, this is my lot. Amen? This is my lot. This same guy that we've heard about stood up from his throne born of a virgin Mary. The same God. Same guy right here. The cross was never intended for you and I, right? You've heard me say this before, a scripture in the Bible that always perplexed me for years where Jesus said in his word that if you're going to follow me, deny yourself first, take up your cross, follow me. What does that mean? you got to bear your own cross, brother. Suck it up, buttercup. Is that right? you got to tote your own cross. you gotta, you got to pull your own weight. you gotta, you got to do your thing on this earth. you got to fight the good fight. Is that right? Well, let me ask you another question. I also read not too far, far from that, that Jesus said in his word, to cast your cares upon me. Amen? Because my what? Yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Is that what he said? So I'm thinking, what, Jesus? I've been taught all my life that you ain't the author of confusion. I'm confused as a cow on AstroTurf. I'll give you all a minute. <laughs> cow, AstroTurf. <laughs> there you go, yeah. So, all right, God, you want me to bear my cross, but you're telling me to give you my cross. You want me to bear my cross, but give it to you. Now, what, what, do you want me to give it to you or bear it? Which one do you want me to do? Is that right? He handed that cross to Jesus, and he said, there's no other way. If you don't go, they're all going to be destroyed. They're not going to make it. So Jesus reached out, and he said, I love them. And he grabbed that cross. Now, listen to me. This is the same Jesus that hung on this cross, that bore the shame, the reproach, the agony, the pain, all those things. The same Jesus you and I have heard of all our lives. Same Jesus hung on that cross. Now listen. When I received the letter and the invitation from the Holy Ghost to come and be introduced to Jesus, this same guy I'm talking to you about, and I go and I get right beside him, just like the thief on the cross. Man, when you, get, when you come to an altar of God and you are sincere in your heart, you are right beside this same Jesus. He's right there. He's right, he's right there. He's in front of you, behind you, around you, above you, below you. He's all over you. Jesus is right there. Just like that thief and those other, that other thief were right beside him. They could, they could hear him breathing. Amen? 
They could hear him breathing and gasping for air as his lungs were collapsing. They could see him gurgling and hear him gurgling over the blood that was just dripping down in his mouth. And they could look into his eyes that were bloodshot. And they could see this Jesus that they'd heard about that took that cross for them and for all of us. And But one of them said, I believe, right? The invitation, he felt the touch of the Holy Ghost. Jesus came and he was introduced to Jesus as he sat right beside him. And he could look at him, he could check him out, he could really get a feel for who this Jesus was. And he saw the compassion and oh, by the way, he heard these words. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Boy, if you ever had any doubt of who Jesus was, if you were hanging beside him, who else would say that? I didn't hear any of the two thieves say that. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he said it not begrudgingly. He said it with compassion. Right? And that old boy said, surely. Just like the old soldier, surely this was the son of God. This old guy in his heart had to think, oh, this really is the guy. Huh? He'd been introduced to Jesus. And he said, Lord, I believe in you. That's what he, basically, he just said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. He was just simply saying, I've heard about you. I've heard of all the things that you did. I've heard how you, how you done these things and, and how you loved people that didn't even love you. I've heard about all those things. But today, I saw it with my own two eyes. He was introduced to Jesus. And he said, I want to be a part of that. Would you forgive me? And everybody knows. Any good soldier knows that when you join any army, any branch of the military, they equip you for the job that's in front of you. Is that right? So Jesus just took that cross he was hanging on and he handed it back to the soldier, I mean, back to the thief that way. He reached out and grabbed it just like that. And all he was simply saying to him was, take up your cross and follow me. It's a sword. Amen? It's not a cross. When Jesus gives it to you and he gives it to me, he's equipping you and giving you that sword. And he said, welcome. Amen. Welcome into this army, the greatest army the world has ever known. You're a child and a soldier of the living God. Amen. Amen. Yes. And this cross that was meant for my shame and my reproach and the sins of the world, I'm dying for you, but I'm not going to hand it to you that way. Amen. I took it and I've turned it around as a weapon. Amen. For you to use to overcome the things of this world. Same Jesus. Amen. I wonder today, how many times have you and I had an invitation to come and to speak to Jesus? How many times have we had invitations from the Lord, from the Holy Ghost, to come and get to know Him? How many? And how many times have we denied Him and railed against Him and pushed Him away and I said, I'll wait at the last second, all those things. All he wants to do is, it, all God wants to do is introduce you to him. I've often thought to myself, if I can ever get anybody to listen to me long enough for me to tell them how great my Jesus is, I've got to believe their heart's going to be moved. Whether they choose to accept him or not, it's up to them. But I've introduced him properly to them, and I know that they're going to feel his presence. Right? I've often thought that if I can get you to stop long enough and let me talk to you about what he's done for me. You gotta, you gotta be able to feel him, because I can. Right? I just want to introduce people to Jesus. And that's all he's he's waiting. Jesus is sitting there waiting 
as he hung on that cross, he was, don't you know Jesus was sitting there thinking, just somebody asked me, right? Oh, preacher, he was hurting too bad. No, 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 no. This is God. Amen? He knew why he was there. He knew why he was there. He's a God of mercy and grace. That day he could have been crucified all by himself, but there were two people that day that were, that were crucified with him. Well, I was just chance, preacher. Nope. I don't believe in chance. I believe in divine appointment. I believe both of those fellows were there that day because Jesus was there and God wanted him to meet them and they, he wanted them to have an opportunity before they left this world. Amen? God was wanting to introduce them to his son. And today, God's wanting to introduce you to his son. Amen? And if you know him, he just wants, to get, wants you to get reacquainted with him. Amen? To get to know him. Sometimes we forget about what God's done for us. Sometimes we forget all the good things that God's done. All we can think about is all the bad that's happening in our lives. This is why God told the children of Israel multiple times in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament you see it, to do, do this in remembrance of me. Do it often. You remember when the fellows were coming across the, the, the Jordan River and the water was stood up on the sides and it was, it was held up at its bank and they crossed over before God let it go. He told them to go back in and get those 12 stones and stack it up over underneath the tree that they could always tell their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren what great things God did for them that day. Is that right? Jesus said that at the Lord's Supper. He said, you do this in remembrance of me often, that you always remember what I did for you, that I gave my life for you. Right? God's always telling you and I to remember the good things that he's done for us. Don't focus on them other things. You focus on what God's done for you because he's going to do more. God loves us. Amen? He loves us. I want you to close your eyes with me here today and